0: Powered by Riverside.
1: Is that a bird? Is that a plane? No, it's Manchester United, folks. You're not seeing things. They are soaring their way to the top of the table after four straight wins as they burst the bubble of the mighty Gooners, who remained, uh, or should I say, whose unbeaten start to the season and 100% record was ended at Old Trafford on the weekend. There were plenty of talking points on the weekend, no Doubt as we saw VAR play an integral part in many games. Of course, we saw apologies afterwards from refs saying they got the decisions wrong. Little consolation for a lot of the teams involved in those controversies. One of the results of the weekend was Brentford putting a hapless Leeds to the sword, winning 5-2. Of course, we saw another five goals at Brighton, Hove and Albion go from strength to strength as they absolutely demolished a bit sorry-looking Brendan Rodgers, Leicester City 5-2. And of course, we probably had the result of the weekend, which was, no, it wasn't Man United being Arsenal. It was Aston Villa somehow holding the unstoppable Erling Haaland, who did get a goal, and managing to actually hold Manchester City to a draw. So, boys, an interesting round of games uh, for the listeners that uh, can't see. Ruds is wearing his jumper very proudly, so we might open the floor to him. What did you think of this weekend's uh, uh, games, ruts and uh, some of the key controversies that stood out?
0: Well, it's not just this weekend's games, right? So we've we've had a couple, of, we've had a midweek round as well that we you are right that we've got to talk about. Can you hear me? You got me?
1: Yeah, we can hear you clearly.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of lot of interesting things. Obviously, um, I'm 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 quite baffled by Alister. Situation. Um, that's an interesting story with Lister and, and Brighton. Or Brighton just that good or Leicester that bad. Um, you know, Brighton are flying. They are a high flying team. You know, they they had a blip last week against Fulham. Otherwise, they'd be the ones that we'd say top of the table, you know. So, um, you know, the, the work that Graham Potter is doing there is fantastic. We've been on the show here. Yeah, we've been slating Frank Lampard for weeks and weeks and months and months. But I was I was impressed. I think I messaged all both you boys in the in the chat and said, you know, big ups to Frank. I think he, he he's starting to to build a team there. I, I still don't rate him as a manager, but I think he's he's sort of figuring out where his shortcomings are. You know, I think defensively in the way he sets his team up has has never been great. But he he's sort of got a couple of guys there that are very experienced and don't need a lot of coaching. I think that Connor Cody and Tarkowski are, are, are two actually brilliant signings for Everton. So, um, but I know you said it, it was, a, it was a, 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 a derby game and easy to get up for a derby game. They, they play Arsenal this week, if I am not correct. If I am not incorrect, wait. Right? Um, so that's going to be another interesting test for for Frank and his team. Um, obviously, we, we we you know first time we catching up since the the first managerial casualty with uh, Scotty Parker. Um but since then they have got some good results. They got a draw against uh against Wolves and then a, six points against Forest. and that was a that was a really good result for them. But you know, I can't go can't go much further than United. Um 3-1, four wins in a row. L- look, still um, still a work in progress. Um still a lot lot to do. I think um in every single one of the games. We can see it's probably about a ten, sometimes fifteen minute passage of play where we can see what he really wants to do. Um, but he's going back to basics in terms of, of really focusing on, on on the defense. Um, you know, the way they defended against Arsenal was 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 fantastic. But I think we're gonna jump onto that. I think we've got a space later to to dive into that game, but that's really I know um, I know you're cool.
1: excited to talk about that game and we are gonna we're gonna dedicate for the listeners a an entire segment specifically looking at all of those tactics. I want you to hold and pause on that, and I want to come across the Wade and just talk about what Rods was talking about there. Away, uh, do you do you think the Everton the Everton result on the weekend shows Frank Lampard heading in the right direction, or is this just simply a a team getting up for a derby in a game where you know I say it often, sometimes these derby games, if a team gets relegated. Um, the fans will still remember that day where they either held the bigger team that came to town or got a result against them. So are you seeing a tactical now from from Lampard coming in there and a bit more solidarity at the back or is it just a, uh, a one-off?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, I did say as well, it was probably the best performance we've seen uh, under Frank. I mean, quite easily, to be fair. So it's hard to tell. I mean, it's one game... It's always easy to get up for the derby. I mean, they had nothing to lose, really. Everyone wrote them off. Uh, you know, the way Liverpool have started, you, a lot of people were probably anticipating they were going to be on the end of a hiding, um, you know, because you feel like it is coming, especially after Liverpool won, <clears throat> what was it, 9 0 the week before. So they went into that game flying. So I think most people would have been expecting the worst. But it was a really good performance from Everton. I actually watched that game, a uh, lot of energy. You know, they went toe-to-toe as well with Liverpool. They didn't really just sit back, you know. They attacked as well. Um, Their midfielders were really good. Um, Iwobi, I think Rudd's mentioned in the chat. I thought Onana was excellent as well. Um, So much energy running around in there.
1: Uh, But let's see how they kick on. What's my
2: name? (laughs) Every time Uh, I hear that guy's uh,
1: name, I just want to sing that song. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I read a bit about him because he was he was one of the names that we were linked with. We obviously linked with a few midfielders um, over the summer. And he's he comes with high reps. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to be a really good player. So he's had a good start to his Everton career. But look, uh, time will tell. It's a big test for them, obviously coming to the Emirates. Uh, we've started well. Obviously, a disappointing result for us on the weekend. Um, but performance wise we've been really good. So let's see how they uh, how they bounce back from that and if they can back it up again.
1: Well, I mean we we the last time we caught up Jens, was actually before the weekend of the twenty seventh. So we probably there were there's three rounds that have actually been played since then. And um I guess one of the teams that have been all over the shop a little bit is is obviously Chelsea, you know. Um they scraped a two one win against Leicester. They then went on to lose away at Southampton in that midweek fixture. And of course, they they're the team of, of two they're, ones. They're either losing they're the two one or they're winning two one. So they they managed to get the result against West Ham and probably controversially and, and maybe one of the controversies to talk about. Rods in that game that came out with the with the disallowed goal, the equalizer from West Ham. Um, what do you make of it? Obviously, um, you've got the referees apologizing and saying that VAR has you know gotten the decision wrong. Um, what have you made of it? And of of course, there were a few more controversies around the grounds this weekend. Well, it looks like he's completely frozen there because he's waiting for the United segment to come back. Wade, on your part, what I guess you—I'm not sure if you saw the controversy of the West Ham disallowed goal. Um, there were a couple of other issues across the Premier League um, that you know created the the old age debate that is becoming pretty consistent around VAR and its place in the game. Um, what did you make of the West Ham cancelled goal? In fact, what did you make of the Newcastle cancelled goal as well? which was also extremely controversial, um, for which the referees involved now apologised.
2: Yeah, look, um, I think we've spoken about it a few times now. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, what else can you call it but incompetence? Because you have all the time in the world. You've got the angles. You have the ability to slow it down and and look at different, uh, you know, cameras and things like that. And you still get it wrong. It's... uh, you know, I don't and that's the thing, I don't think anyone's really complaining about the technology. I think most people will say, Yeah, we need the technology. It's moving in the right direction in terms of the technology because other sports have uh, have seemed to implement those things well, like rugby and and tennis and even cricket. Um, but it's the people, isn't it, making the decisions because uh, But you can just I question. can I pause
1: you there and ask you yeah, are yeah, those yeah. not are those not different games where the allocation of time to decisions are a little bit I guess, longer in play, because I just take that Newcastle incident, and I think mm. it was the ex-ref Mike Riley or someone that they had on, on on the show and they spoke to him and said, how did the ref get it wrong? You know, how did VAR get it wrong, should I say? And he said, that is what it looks like that's happened there is that the, the VAR has simply looked at the player crashing into the goalkeeper and nothing else. And he's, mm. he's judged that to have been a foul. I mean that absolutely blows my mind. You, to your point, you have every angle. You literally yeah. have to look back 2 seconds and you see exactly what happened. He was pushed into the player which caused him to fall into that goalkeeper and it yeah. uh, disallowed goal. So how do you how do you how do you rectify human error? Surely it yeah. is always going to happen.
2: That's the thing. It's, it's baffling because you, you have to question yourself and, and think how are we going to get rid of it because it is coming down to decisions that humans are making. It's not so much the technology. Maybe a bit of transparency will help. I think we've spoken about that on the show before, like hearing the conversations. How are they actually getting to these decisions? I think that might go a little bit of a way maybe for us to understand why it's happening. I so.
1: um, well, well, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I disagree on right? this one. Yeah, you
2: know, I don't you know. know. Like, I don't actually know what the actual answer is. To be fair, because for me, it's just incompetence. That's that's all no, I can put it. Other leagues okay, Just before you hop in, rods. Right, other leagues seem to be okay with it. They don't seem to be talking not. about VAR every weekend.
0: They, they are well, actually. Maybe no, we're just we're not exposed all the to it. Time. We're just not exposed. We're not exposed to it. So you know, if we, if we're okay. doing a, a La Liga show or a Serie A show, we'll be talking about VAR. There's there's always incidents. The the problem for me is, you know, we look at cricket and we look at rugby. You know, there's, there's, there's no grey area. They're black and white. You know, um, I suppose with the cricket is grey. What You know, the technology is about, is it hitting the stumps? Did he get a nick? Can he yeah. hear something? You know, did, did it ground? Did he catch it? With rugby, you know, did the pass go forward? You know, these are not subjective calls. They're not with, subjective with soccer, at all. There's so many subjective calls that are on the line and you mm. need someone with experience to make the call. So one referee may call it a foul and another referee may not. I've always said from day That's one. That's never going to yeah, change, though. Not going to change. So I always thought they shouldn't use it for subjective calls. Um, they should always stick with the referee's call. It's only where um, you know there's there's a number of where it's clear that he's missed something because he hasn't seen it. But Raj, um, you
1: brought up uh, now we go to this clear and obvious debate. And you know, I sent that article. In and yeah, I don't part. believe in clear and obvious. Uh, what so the hell I, is what clear and is obvious? If, he's missed yeah.
0: something, so if he gives a penalty. If he gives a. Yeah. So if he gives a give a penalty, for example, and when you look back. The player's clearly dive. There's no contact. He's got to see that, you know. W- but if there is contact and you don't know if it's if it was enough and and it's you know and that's subjective, stick with the referee's call. Don't even. The go referee's to call. call is final. You know, um, and, and even with these tackles and these red cards, you know, if you're gonna do it, you know, Van Dyke could have been a red card. No one's complaining that it wasn't because mm. in the heat of the moment, the referee seeing it is given the yellow card. If you're gonna do it in slow motion and you're gonna go you know, frame worse. by frame and you, you look, look worse, at his yeah. studs. And and the thing is the consistency is an issue because you know next week that exact same tackle will be a red card for someone that's else. That's probably, the big problem. Probably, probably for Zaka, you know. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, it'll that, be a reputational
2: red. No, you're right. Be, and you know what's exactly. ironic as well about this whole thing is we've been we've been we've been craving for a ref to go to the board and stick with these decisions. I know. And then I Michael love... Oliver goes and does that. And you look at it and you go, that's a bit harsh, that penalty. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if no. you, you're going to overturn something, like, you can't that overturn that one, bro, because yeah. that was like, yeah. I thought that was harsh. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he overturns this... it and we're like, oh, my what's but the answer
0: So The PGMOl they give them directives to say, look, this year, this is what we're going to focus on. And, so, and with the handball, they said, really, if it's too close – even though mm. it's a handball, if it's really close, then we don't want to call it. Because mm. I think a week ago there was Scott McTominay had one where the, his hand was up here and was bouncing off. That was too close, and they made the call. Another league, that's probably a penalty or whatever. That's a penalty, so, yeah. But but then that's the inconsistencies. Yeah, that's the inconsistency. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that that you know there was, he had no time to move his hands. He's trying to get his you know. But anyway. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of these, these inconsistencies. So um, then to
1: your point, Rods the only way to actually have a system that works is to lessen the impact of VAR on the game. It's the only way. Absolutely. Because the more you absolutely. involve it, the more inconsistencies you're going to see and the more we're yeah. going to sit here and go. But to your point, the referee up there thinks it's a foul. That one there thinks it's not a foul. Then you in the you same situation. You know what situation. I think would
0: be perfect for it? and maybe taking taking um, a leaf out of cricket's book when there is a um, you know an lbw call that's really close and it can go either way umpire's call stick with the ref's decision. Yeah. decision. I think decision. Sh- I think we should have a great area in football where it can go either way stick with the ref's call I think if that so was, you're if that saying was not
1: it, don't tell the ref to go to the monitor you just stick Umpires, no, call. and if you
0: come on, they can come on the screen saying, while reviewing umpires, refs call, leave it so to say, Look, it's a close one, sticking with the refs call. I don't yeah. think
2: anybody's that's not, actually a good idea. That. That's a good idea. idea, yeah. It
0: could be, because yeah. we know things are so marginal and tight in interpretation of the laws, or whatever the refs interpret yeah. something else.
1: It's not, yeah. it's, a, it's a good idea, but to say no, people will still complain because they're gonna oh, go, always You've be. got the, I don't think you've that's got ever the technology, go why yeah. can't you use yeah. it? So to me yeah. the only things in football that are that are that are one hundred percent not debatable is offside. goal line technology, which yeah. is yeah. if the ball crosses the line, cross the line, if it doesn't, doesn't, and offside. So really yeah. that's the only two things VAR should actually be used for. And I mean, yeah. to be fair, the goal line technology, they've already got something else in place. So really what VAR should be used for is offsides, and that's it. Yeah. Everything else is subjective. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Did I yeah. also did I also see a VAR call for an offside on the weekend? Did someone get referred game? for an offside? Did you guys see that? I, I'm I'm pretty sure there. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just imagining uh, this, but I yeah, feel so like so there it, was someone got referred up- to look at VAR for an what? offside.
0: Now, oh, as was, in somebody had to go about? look at the screen. Yeah. So basically yeah. what happened, uh, McAllister, Alexis McAllister from, from uh, Brighton. Oh, they scored did. a yeah, loud some brilliant goals. One of the goals oh, of the season. One of oh. the goals of the season. There's a cracker from, you know. But and when referred they referred him to check the offside, yeah? Well, when they're, when they're looking at the goal, um, the, the Vaz just, just has said there's an offside in the build-up. So... Um, but so, I don't understand
2: why they referred him to go look at it then. Wouldn't you just call the offside? Like, why did he go to the monitor?
0: I didn't think he went to the monitor. Did he go to the monitor?
2: I don't know, man. Maybe I'm I just go talking I, I, about that.
1: Was the goal disallowed for offside? The goal offside? was disallowed. Offside. Yeah, for and offside. how far which back was, in the play nonsense. was the offside?
0: So the ball came into the box um, mm. and then went back out and that's when he hit it. So when the ball came into the box the first time, the guy was offside. When it's come back out, did that um,
1: guy actually interfere with play? Did he actually touch the
2: ball, though? Did he touch the ball in Mwepo? Because it didn't look to me like he got a touch, Rudz. But did he play know, what the are they ball? It's, he not was, about, he was,
1: it's not about touch. It's about playing I think the by, the,
0: by the letter the Lord was. But I think he was,
2: but, you know. Interfering. <laughs> you know, I've I I this up before. It, I've it was not this up
0: before.
1: Play. The intention. I mean, no, no. Even, you know what? Uh, another thing is the goal against Liverpool um, that Conor Cody scored. Yeah, a, a valid point in that article that I read, whether corner Cody was two steps back from that ball, his shoulder being in that position gave him absolutely no advantage. He was still going to score that goal. Mm. And the intent of the law has always been about... Like, to me, you must be able to see when you look, you go, that guy's offside. I hate yeah. the fact that we are so uh, marginal in these calls, man. Yeah. I personally, yeah. I think it's yeah, not in the spirit... I, I maintain from day one. It's not in the spirit of... The
0: we all it's understand no. about it at the end of the day. You're looking
2: for a reason to give it. That's how you, it's coming across. That's yeah. where it's
0: coming from. It's, it's yeah. sucking but the life side, out of we, it, man. We have to draw the line somewhere. You know, and, and, and even if you say... Daylight.
1: You know, just Some daylight would be nice.
0: So, so even if it is daylight, so <laughs> daylight is a massive advantage for the tackle. So, that's so like, it should that's be. Like, that's like a meat like I, I wouldn't it can be like at least Blue, you know, I want to be able... All I want... That can be all, like a mid and a half of the O in front of you. Through all
1: I'm saying is, if you look at, and what I mean by tail if you look at a screen, you go, "That was offside." You're not mm. there going, mm, "I could not tell Connor Cody was offside until O put the line there," and I'm like, "Yeah, really? This old shoulders offside mm. is it?" Yeah, I would have been, mean, been I would mean, quite comfortable losing to outside. that game. Even United's
0: goal, um, the third goal, you're like, "Oh, was that offside?" And now you're waiting. You no, know, you wait you you're waiting. Like, getting the life you know, out of it. And and, and, and when you're looking, it's like, oh, that's going to be a tight one. And mm. and you're like, it's like it's of that joy out, I must But say. this is your yeah. point, right? And that was, fast, that's what that fast guy fast said. Was, yeah.
1: That's what that guy said in that article, right? We've gone from experiencing joy to when that goal goes in now, it's just relief you're feeling. It's not joy. Yeah. You're just relieved the ref actually called it, yeah. or VAR didn't pull it yeah, back for So true. So, so you've true. gone from joy to just thank the Lord he didn't call it back. That's yeah. how I watch every goal. I'm like, you shit, can't I, I
2: can't celebrate even celebrate. It's so i I don't it a know few, where we are. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's the first thing I think of when I see a goal. I'm like, okay, I, I sort of, <laughs> I sort of try to monitor myself to say, okay. Was it close to offside? Was there something happening? Is it going to get referred? No, nah, no, nah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we're still over So, so I, I go to like a mental checklist. It um, is. But yeah. the reverse of the Villa game, right? Yeah. So, with with the the linesman put his flag up too early. Yes, <laughs> and and Tino was one. onside. You know it's that that was the reverse of the whole of the whole VAR controversy because this was a guy who's you've you've got VAR, you got this technology. <laughs> Don't put your flag up. Let the play, especially when it's tight, that's a directive.
1: Well, I see that. I see that the argument there was that, they, and you said they've been given instructions. The the actual law or rule is if they are headed towards goal. Now, where Coutinho was going was backwards. So, by the interpretation of the law, he actually called it right. But to your point, it probably should never have been called until the shot was taken, given the new rules. Yeah. Uh, this did is the know, problem but this is the problem with football bro is the grey area that exists around these things
0: unlike did, other did sports. You know you know what's interesting with the um Newcastle one do you know what the correct call should have been with the Newcastle one what <laughs> because i've checked for a foul on the goalkeeper and it was a foul on the goalkeeper but it was a foul that was instigated by his own player yes they can't they can't play advantage after that so the goal should have been um the goal should have been disallowed, and but, a penalty, but a penalty should have been given.
1: A pe- okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I, so, I could take that.
0: There would have probably still been an uproar if he's taken a penalty and he's missed it, because <laughs> would be like, "The goal ball went in anyway." Now you're gonna go back, and then nobody understands like the law. The laws.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. Well, I
1: guess I guess to the point, you know, and and the listeners, you know, you guys can chime in and post on our socials and on Facebook and Insta, but. I guess the panel seem to be in agreement. The only way to actually get the best out of VAR is to, is to minimize its involvement in the game. The more that people call for it in the game, the more we're going to see consistent controversies and endless debates around why decisions aren't being made. Because in reality, football is a subjective game in a lot of its makeup. And you still have a person in, a, in, a, in an office making a call based on their, their view of an incident. So interesting times ahead do want to shift gears boys and um of course powered by uh, riverside fm thank you to our sponsors but uh i do want to talk about the liverpool uh, sorry the manchester united and arsenal game okay Uh, i did a bit of digging into this ruds and i'll come to you wade in a second but one of the interesting things i saw was some of the following stats around united that i wanted to read out so i'm going to take it from game one so versus brighton uh, 63% possession, uh, 54 long balls played, and close to 600 passes. Uh, versus which they of course lost that game. Versus Brentford, 67% possession, 36 uh, long balls, 500 and odd passes. And th- after those couple of games, there seemed to be a clear shift in the in the mantra of uh, Eric Ten Hag. It, it was as if he said, "I know how I want to play." But right now we're not in the position to play that game. There was a clear change in the Liverpool in the Liverpool game, which you know worked to a T, and of course you got the win. You dropped to thirty percent possession, uh, played almost double the amount of uh, long balls than you did against Brentford, and had half the amount of passes that you did against Brentford. And this trend seemed to continue. The number of long balls in each of the next three games increased. So against Southampton, you entered the sixties. Leicester, you nearly got to 70 long balls. um, But you seeded possession consistently in all these games and actually had less possession in every single one of them. Um, Is this a clear thing that you've noticed in all these games? And is it a a slight tactical tweak to the way that he truly wants to play? Or is this a way that, uh, you know, Eric Ten Hag is looking to to kind of get the best out of his team for the now?
0: So so the possession thing is more about the circumstance um, in terms of all those games you've taken the lead. And in the second half, we've defended the lead and we've dropped back and seized possession. So, um, I think even with the, the Arsenal in, and um, the Arsenal game, I think possession was was quite close at halftime. I think forty five fifty five um, in in Arsenal's favour. But from the second half, defending defending a lead, um, there was a clear shift. I suppose I think you know after that game uh, against Bright, uh, Brentford. We spoke about it on the show to say, you know, if he if he tries to play out from the back again against Liverpool, he's going to get punished. You know, yeah. he, he surely's got to change his style. And bro, he's he's a, he's is <laughs> a long way to go. It's still early days, but he's looking like to be a competent manager. He's looking to be, you know, he's he's got a reputation that 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 is is earned in terms of the work he's done with Ajax and what he's done in the Champions League, more specifically. Um, his style of play and what he wants, I think, he's very is he, very. Single-minded in terms of what he wants, but pragmatic enough to understand. Well, I don't have all the tools I need, particularly from the goalkeeping perspective. So those long balls are most, mostly coming from David Ayer. So that that those, that's mainly coming from his outlet when they're playing back. When he's under pressure, now it's going it's going long. Um, so I think that's been the clear shift. But what, like, like I say, the circumstance of going a goal up, even against Leicester and Southampton. Now there's still a fragility in that in in the team, so he's, he's, it's really about grinding those results out. So when we've got that goal lead, he wants to grind it out. Let's sit back. Don't need to be expensive. Don't need to expose ourselves. And because of that, um, you know the position has been seized. So there's, um, you know, there's a. <laughs> I, I see uh, we've got Jamie Jamie Carrigan and, and Neville to say a, a few few words, but um, I, I think so far so good. I think um, there'll be some. There'll be some interesting times ahead. I think the intent for him is to be a possession based team. Um, you know, that's what we saw in preseason. That's what we saw in, in moments. So, you know, I said there's about been about a 10, 15 minute spell in each of these games where we have done that and we have looked like, you know, the team he wants. But he's got no issue with then defending. And then, you know, particularly against in, in the Arsenal game, you know, it's really about defending and making sure. You know, you seize possession, but you you only allow the your opponent to have the ball in a in in places you're comfortable with. You know, you spoke about that quite clearly after the game to say, they can have the ball, but as long as the balls are in these place these places, and they're not getting in behind. You know, I think there was really one massive chance that Odegaard had that he should have scored, or came across. Um, outside of that, there weren't many, there weren't too many times where Arsenal got you know in behind the line when there was real clear cut chances. Um, you know, there was a lot of half chances and, and things like that, but I think that defending and making sure, like I said, the positioning of where of your opponents is, he, he was extremely happy happy with that, you know, and that's and those were his comments, so let's see how it goes when the team goes one goal down, you know, what happens then when we've got to play in the front foot, so there's still a lot of work to be done, so... I'm um, still very early days. United are not back yet. Um, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm you glad you've it.
1: said that. And Boyd, before I come to you, I do just want to play this little snippet. I guess to echo some of the the sentiments said here, yeah, but what Gary Neville, and basically what Jamie Carragher had to say about Eric Ten are giving him a a massive kudos for for some of his tactical changes after those first couple of games.
0: You, you're saying, and I was I was watching the show yesterday, and. For me, it, it seems pretty obvious what's happened. I don't. I think Ten obviously reneged a little bit on exactly what he wanted to do because you know he's having Herrickson as a holding midfield play. Maybe the goalkeeper can't play as well with his feet. But I, I don't want this to say like Man United being lucky. But what's helped is that you've got the first goal in games, and then you've almost. Sat back. I didn't see the Leicester game, but I saw so the Southampton game. That felt very similar. Way. Mm. The other, the, mm. So Liverpool had a lot of the ball. No, but Arsenal but had a lot of the, the ball. Running stats, Southampton the had a running lot of stats
1: ball. from Brentford and what's been previous to what there's now, what I'm saying to you is, how has that changed? What, I know, but ga- ga- players, when you have it for two years. No, but
0: Gary, when you've got 70% of the ball as Manchester United did against Brighton and did against Brentford and then you're chasing the ball, there is going to be a big difference no, in terms of... I think the
1: defence is a big... So, I mean, it looked like a little bit of a disagreement between Neville and Gary Neville there. Wade, and I might ask you your opinion on this, but to me, I agree with what Carragher is saying. You know, having possession and not having possession, a team then alters its style of play. And it clearly seems that this United team, probably stemming back to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer days, thrive with less possession because they're able to kind of play, I don't know, a little bit more. Um, on the counter and, and, and kind of yeah kind of controlled it a little bit in that sense. So uh, have, were you seeing the same things uh, from United in the game? And I guess once you've answered that question, what did you make of the Arsenal performance on top of that and what let you down?
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I do agree. It seems like there's been a clear shift in, in how he wants to play. And I've, I've seen it before because exactly the same thing happened when Mikel took over. Um, he wanted to come in and... Have the ball, uh, play on the front foot, dominate teams, but he didn't have the tools to do so. So we played a very defensive game. Um, we would b- literally give up the ball and try hit teams on the counter as well. And we went on to beat City and Chelsea and win the FA Cup final playing that way. Um, so sometimes you just gotta you gotta use the, the the tools that you're given and try and make it work. I don't think it's well. From what we know from Ten Hag, it's definitely not the way he wants to play. I'm sure he wants to play out from the back, control the ball, score goals, you know, uh, you knock and see the ball, win it back quickly. All those sorts of things that you see a lot of the top teams doing. So, look, he's working with the tools he has. And, um, you know, so far, so good for him since he's made that change. Um, they've been really good. They've been clinical and they were clinical against us um, on the weekend as well. It's obviously a hard result to take. I mean, I don't think there's there's any team I hate losing to more than United, to be honest. Um, it's the one game, it's the the, the couple games you really want to win. So the result was hard to take. But uh, I think the general consensus amongst Arsenal fans and a lot of pundits that I've listened to as well is, is still a lot of optimism because I thought we played really, really well. Um, that second half, uh, they they showed possession stats just before United scored. And I think it was 80-20. It was one-way traffic completely um, in that second half. And after we scored the first goal, I was thinking it's a matter of time before we get the the, the second one. Um, and we conceded against the run of play. Uh, Mikel then made three substitutions, which was probably a little bit hasty from him. Um, I thought he should have just stuck with um, the team that we had because even though we conceded, we were... We were on the front foot, the way I was yeah. looking at it. Um, I thought so, it was a
0: little naive. We needed that too. I yeah, it was. It was um,
2: you know, it was. But here's the thing, though. The, you know, if he if he doesn't make those subs and we don't score and he brings him on with ten minutes to go, then people are going to say, "Why did he wait so long to make substitutions?" So well, it's, well, a Fergie, a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a what's that?
0: Fergie always said, and um, actually something that I was listening to to Neville uh, as well. He also mentioned this about a week ago. Or so. You know, when he's making his changes, he never chased a game yeah. with so much time left. You know, I think he always believed, say, if we are playing well and we've gotten me on the front foot, Stick we've got going. to we've got to back and have that patience. Yeah. You know, but yeah. at the same time, when it got to the last 10, 10 minutes, then often he would throw on those subs, and you yeah. would all of a sudden yeah. have you know bodies into the box, and if we get that shape, and it's really about just getting the result, and that's yeah. why we got so many goals late on. So I think it's just.
2: It was, yeah. Look, I, I, that, I, didn't, I didn't like the this, this substitution you know, at the time um, because yeah, we completely lost our shape. Um, you know, Fabio Vieira came in making his debut as well. Probably wasn't the right time to throw him on. You know what I mean? It was a bit of let's go and just throw just the kitchen sink at it. Where yeah, we lost our rhythm completely because up until we conceded, we were comfortable. Uh, we were creating good opportunities. We had yeah. we had the ball all the time. So. Maybe one or two, maybe bring on a Smith-Rowe or something like that. Who can nick a goal? Um, But, you know, taking off off Zinchenko, um, who I don't don't think should have started. I think we should have started with Tierney, to be completely honest, uh, with United's pace. He's a much better defender. And Zinchenko was out for a couple of games before that. So I would have personally stuck with Tierney for that one, at least to start with anyway. But... Look, overall, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a hard result to take. But I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely not feeling down about the performance because, for me, we've had six really consistent performances. What we haven't seen from, um, from Arsenal in a long time is that ability to sustain pressure. You know, to go again and keep going and keep going. And we're seeing that now. We struggled to create chances under Mikel before this season. Um, we were wondering how we're going to score. And um and now it's a matter of 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 when we're dominant like that and we're on top we need to be more clinical and we we need to make it count because you know teams can count to you at any stage one goal is never going to be enough or so yeah it's a disappointing but the, result but are you not disappointed
1: are you not disappointed at the fact that this was Arsenal's really first true test I mean we're talking about a traditional top six rival irrespective of I guess where United were in their process but. You've stumbled at the first hurdle against one of the the major rivals, I suppose, in that in that top six space. Is that is that not a a little bit yes. of the old ways of Arsenal? Yes and no.
2: Yes and no. No, I, I definitely don't think it's same old Arsenal. It wasn't a same old Arsenal performance for me. Uh, I don't see it that way. And I I firmly believe that just about every game in the Premier League is a test. I don't think there's many there's many games that. Uh, you're gonna go. Yeah, into but Arsenal a thing. have
1: always been. Uh, Arsenal have always been looked at with a bit of a soft underbelly when it came to playing the big six teams uh, or the big yeah. five, especially under Wenger era, and probably continued on, um, including Arteta's reign to an extent. With a couple of odd wins here and there, probably Arteta's had one of the better records to be fair against um, the top four, or five teams. But yeah, yeah, you know, again, when you're on that run, first test away from home against the United side that. Confidence, but probably still there with the right game plan to be taken down by a quality team, yet you failed. So I'll ask again, why?
2: Uh, we, didn't, we didn't take opportunities when we we're dominating. That's the reason we lost the game, in my opinion. Uh, we were completely on top uh, and we should have made more of it. Uh, if we did, we would have won the game. Uh, it's about taking your chances. You know, United didn't create loads of chances either, but when they had those chances, they were clinical. Um, And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It's fine lines when you play these games, right? Um, It's easy to throw that narrative out and say, oh, same old, same old. But this wasn't the same. This was one of the most dominant performances I've seen at Old Trafford in a long, long, long time. That's why I'm really not upset about the performance. I'm upset about the results. It hurts. But, yeah, there's going to be that, oh, they failed. And, yeah, the media is probably waiting to jump on that train. But I'm really, I'm really not going away from that game feeling like, oh, yeah, we go again. Because yeah. I think if we, if we play like that every week, we're going to win more games than we're going to lose. So I'm, so I'm really not disappointed about it.
1: Radz, I want to ask you this question, on what, because I know you're chiming to get in. I heard a lot of strong words there from Wade. Dominant performance, best he's seen in years, most dominant performance at Old Trafford. Was this more of a Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, rope-a-dope kind of thing where really Arsenal thought they were on top? But wasn't the case, or do you fully agree with what what Wade is saying? I, I think they
0: dominated in terms of possession in the ball, and and you know even in terms of where in the field they were playing. But like like I said, in terms of Ten Hag saying, in terms of making sure you know your opponent is, you, is in a position where you can defend. Um, you know, in terms of their dominance, they never they never turn it into enough big chances in terms of getting in behind that line, getting into clear cut. Ch- David Ahead made one save that whole game. You know, um, I don't see that as a as a dominant um, attacking performance. I think dominant, obviously you can dominate in Well, yes
1: He has a stat for you off the back. The big chances created, United 4, Arsenal 2. Yeah. So that does say and, and something there was big as well.
0: Chances, there, was a, there was a chip that Bruno Fernandes, Fernandes should have scored. Um, I think Ramsell had a save. And there's also one where, um, I think it was a Chaka that caught out on the side by, by Fred. And Ronaldo was demanding it through the middle, and I think Fred just gave a bad ball. So those, I, I think, um, the stats
2: are a little bit skewed though, because a lot of those came off when it was we were chasing the game and going forward. So
0: and that, and that's fine. You've got to look at it I'm like saying, that
2: as well in context. But,
0: but a part of a dominance is about the chances you create, and you've got to. I'm, I'm just talking about... forget the United stats. I'm just yeah. talking about the Arsenal stats. United, so for that dominance of the ball. You need to do more in terms of your creative mm, side. Mm. Um, I mean, getting behind. I think mm. one of the things I noticed. I thought Gabriel Ozu had a really good game, but obviously he's not your he's not your typical centre forward. So he sometimes occupies spaces that um, you know. Well, he's all over the pitch. Um, with, you know, tracking back. Um, he's very. He's uh, he's, a, he's a lot more physical than I than I thought he was. Mm. Um, but he's not in the box like that. You know, that that uh, typical centre forward, and maybe. Maybe that's what Arsenal need in terms of, you know, that option off the bench. Well, I, I was looking at a to
2: stat it. today just on that. He's had more touches in the box than any other striker yeah. in the top five so, leagues in Europe. So he has
0: he has touches in the box and a lot of those touches is him collecting the ball and carrying it into the box, but he's not in the box when your when your other players got it. You know, he's not mm-hmm. in the box to collect the so ball. So, and I'm pretty sure he's probably... He's
1: definitely not a traditional nine. I think he yeah. can imagine that. and, and can his argue.
0: progressive carries must be really high because he does get into the box a hell of a lot when he's getting the ball. And that's and, and that's fine. That's his style of, of striker. What I'm saying is sometimes when you've you've got a team that's sitting back, defending and keeping you in front of them, you know, sometimes it is having a, that second option. I would have kept Jesus on and maybe thrown on you know, but but who's that option for? We don't for, have for him. Kentie
2: is very similar to Jesus. Exactly, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying sometimes
0: yeah. you know just getting that that that, that second option who yeah. who can you know all of a sudden you have got a target man and then United got to defend differently because we now got to defend crosses coming into the box and we got to defend this this other thread of uh, in and around the box. So I think that's yeah that's mindful. So I, I, I'd say you know Ten Hag would probably say we control you know and and this is a famous Mourinho one. You know, you, you can control a game without having the ball um, and you control a game with the ball. Um, but, it, you know, you can't deny the stats in terms of, you know, that was a dominant performance with, by Arsenal with the ball. That's what you want to see. You want to see your team with the ball trying to penetrate. There just wasn't enough on, on, on the end. The, and the, maybe, it can be the,
1: wanting – you, uh, you just hope that's not a trend though because – yeah, They're, you know, uh, probably in the start of the season, Liverpool have been culpable of it. But we've dominated every game in terms of possession, but yeah. we've looked toothless in that final third in in most cases. So, I'm not saying yeah. that's the case with Arsenal, but you know, for for Wade, I'd just say be cautious of the fact that it's all well and good dominating possession. I always look at the key thing around dominating possession: are we breaking the line? Always yeah, getting yeah. behind that uh, defense uh, yeah. and forcing the keepers into save. From what Rods has said, and I, I did not watch the game unfortunately, but De Gea had one save to make. That doesn't seem to me like a team that's doing the right things with the ball when they have it.
2: Yeah, but uh, the the thing is, I've I've watched Arsene Wenger dominate the ball and not create anything. I've watched us go pass it back, go side to side. This wasn't one of those performances. Maybe the shots on target we didn't get, yeah, but we created very dangerous situations over and over and over again. Maybe without testing the keeper, yeah, we can criticize that all day long. But it wasn't one of those performances where you've just got the ball, it gets to to one of the fullbacks or the winger. There's nothing on, so we pass it back. Trust me, I watched that. I watched Austin winger doing that year after year. Seventy percent right. of the ball. It's boring to watch. Wasn't one of those performances. It was very attacking. Saka had Malacio on toast all game. Uh, Martinelli was dangerous as well. We just yeah, we we just didn't use that that dominance how we should have. So we can criticize, yeah, we should have tested the keeper more, sure. But we created very dangerous situations. And again, I believe if we continue to play like that, we'll win more games than we'll lose. And that's why we've won five from our first six, because we've able we've been able to sustain those attacks continuously. So is know? this
1: is this also a question maybe weight of a lack of depth to be able to maybe find that winner in these games and get back in the game when when I the I think chips it's are too off. early
2: to say. I think it's too early. Well, you to just say. said one you've game. Got some, I don't want to I don't want to overreact did, because But you did
1: just say you did just say that you you know there's no one to really come on for a Zeus, so you've got Inki there that's No, we the don't have a different option.
2: Yeah, and, and it yeah. might turn out to be a thing. What I'm saying is it might turn out to be a problem, but I'm not going to say that after one game it's um, an issue. You sorry, know what I mean? The, the Let's see how the we go. Yeah.
0: the game would be I think defensively, Arsenal got caught out a couple of times um, That where the defence didn't look good. Yeah. And it was too yeah. easy for United to, to play that ball in behind and break those lines. Yeah. Um, you know, so so we're talking about it wasn't just the three goals. There were, there were a few different situations where that happened. I, I think, you know, it is hard. I think Ericsson does add something so different for us in terms of being able to break those lines with the, with the ball Um with, with the, you know, around the corner ball where he knows where Bruno is an and all of a sudden we've got, we you know, we can attack where Fred and McTominay before would, wouldn't be able to do that. So um, whether it was just this this game, um, but that's the only thing I'd be watching is whether... No, you know, the- uh, you're, you're spot
2: on because the fans have been saying this as well all season. Gabriel looks like a weak link at the back um, and he cost us that first mm-hmm. goal going diving in like that, puts everyone under pressure. Then Zinchenko comes in to try and cover. And you've got the free man yeah. on the outside. So he did that. And then even the second goal, we're on attack, we lose the ball, everyone's pushing forward. And again, we're exposed at the back. It's one one ball from Fernandez, I think, to Ericsson or the other way around. Oh, Fernandez Ericsson. straight to Rashford, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. and they and they go in score. So but that's the thing when you play a high line, it can happen to anyone. We watched Spurs do it to Liverpool last year, time and time again. When you play a high line and you're trying to dominate the game. You're going to leave yourself exposed to that one ball over the top and sometimes teams are going to take advantage of that if they're efficient. and that's what United won the week and they were efficient um, and they took their chances. so it's the risk you run but and we could have done better defensively and there's certainly we're not perfect defensively no ways, especially with Gabriel there at the back he's he's not mobile enough gets himself into trouble sometimes. So that's something we can improve on. But it wasn't a performance that I'm disheartened by. It really wasn't. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives to take away from it. But let's see how we go when we play the next big team, which I think is Spurs um, in a couple well, of I weeks. Think, so. I think
1: your season changes forever from this point on because you go to two games a week, which makes all the difference. And I think once you go to Thursday games and Sundays, that, that's why I brought up a question around squad depth. I do feel Arsenal is light, and if you have a couple of injuries, and I, I've seen some of your games, you do look quality, you know, jokes aside. Um, I just worry that you lose Jesus, you lose Xhaka, you lose someone like those key players. I don't know if you have the quality don't to step think up you, from the cause bench.
2: I, I was talking about this to someone else. Don't you think you can say that about just about every team, probably except City or, or, or Liverpool? If they lose one or two key players, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change yeah, but, the uh, to of the team. I,
1: correct. So, majority of the team, majority of the, the uh, sorry, the two outliers are probably Liverpool and City to an yeah. extent in terms of depth. Even Liverpool, Liverpool
2: have looked different. I believe they've really missed Thiago in that midfield. That's one player.
1: Well, I spoke <laughs> about it last week. I don't think it's just Thiago. I think the backups for the backups yeah, no. are gone.
2: Money. So when you take
1: Thiago out, that team, and then you don't have Cater that comes on as the backup to Thiago, and then the the backup of Cater is not even there. That affects the team one hundred percent. Yeah. I think with the mm-hmm. Arsenal, what I'm trying to say is when you're when you're when your measure for this season is the top four, and that's your goal that you said. You know, you don't realistically think you're pushing for the title, although anything can happen. But if your if your measures the top four, and it is those couple of injuries that that do occur. Um, there is a concern, and don't forget yeah. United. Yeah. Do you
0: have? Are you in the Europa League? We're in the Europa League, but to be honest, we're looking forward to it because you know we've I think got, you have
1: a little bit more depth than than Arsenal to be. Yeah. So, honest. so,
0: and I was going to just say that in terms of we don't have depth for Champions League team, but like for Europa, you know, we're gonna be no. in the Europa with a backline of Maguire, Lindelof, Shaw, Aaron Wan Bissaka. That was our starting back four last year. And I think that back four is probably good enough for the Europa League, not good enough for the Champions League and not good enough to even push in the top four. So, you know, I think that's really where we can get minutes for these guys, um, uh, you know, in in that league. But um, like I said a few weeks ago, I think that's probably a competition that United want to win and should win, should try to win because I think that's probably our easiest way into the... Well, not easiest, but I think that's that's a realistic way for us to get into the, the Champions League. Um, well, speaking of that, we did have a <laughs> message
1: come through from one of our listeners, Grant Fries. Of course, everybody knows Grant Fries. <laughs> Shout out to our our Manchester colleague. You know, he asked me my opinion on, on your manager. I, I won't go into that. But he said, I have decided I won't – He and this is Grant talking about Eric Ten Hag – I won't judge him too hard this season, but I expect at least a fifth or sixth place finish and a Europa Cup semi-final at a minimum. So he's expecting yeah. to go deep into the tournament, and anything from that point is a, is a, is a bonus, yeah. um, an improvement in his eyes.
0: I think with all these European comps, once you get you know, into the semis, then it's a lottery, right? Then um, it's really, you know, any team in that semi can win it. And, you know, sometimes it's the surprising team that ends up winning it, particularly the Champions League. So I think that would be a... Uh, I think that's fair. It's probably much what I'm expecting as well. Um, I wouldn't be calling for his head if he doesn't make the top four. I said my prediction for United was anywhere between fourth and sixth. Um, yeah. Nothing higher, nothing lower. Um, I think that's where that's where they should be. Um, but And and a good season would be winning the Europa League.
1: And Wade, I guess final thoughts given the start you've had, given that, the, the, you know, it is always hard when you have that bubble burst because I know that when you go on a run like that, you start thinking, bigger so i'm gonna ask you does the perceptions of the season change does the expectations change um do you see yourself pushing higher up the log um in this season
2: yeah i had us um my prediction was third for us and if anything i'm probably feeling more confident about that because what i've seen is uh, six consistent performances from us and we didn't have that last season or, or the season before and Again, it comes down to being able to sustain those attacks. you know, you know there was a, a crazy stat that I think in Mikel's uh, he's been there for about a hundred games now, I think we only come back once to win when we win a goal down, down. you know, and I think yeah. we've already done that twice this year. and that yeah. shows a, a a big shift, you know because yeah. and we've hit back pretty much straight away when we've conceded as well. So there's obviously a focus on that. So I honestly, and when you look at the way Chelsea are playing, United are going through their rebuild. I think this game showed as well, even though we lost, you can see we're ahead of them in their rebuild because Mikel is playing the way he wants to play. And I don't think Ten Hag is yet. He's 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 making do with what he has. Hmm. Uh and Spurs, let's see how Spurs go, you know. Um
1: they just they've, keep they've winning, had good,
2: they keep winning. <laughs> um but again it's it's coming down to Harry Kane, so it's the same thing with them for me.
1: Oh um, for sure. I, I would ask I the same question of Spurs fans, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I genuinely think that we I mean, listen, at the moment there's probably only city that are playing better football than us, you know, on yep. current form. Um yep. Liverpool haven't hit their strides yet. So I'm I'm really confident that we'll finish top four. I'm and I'm expecting third, to be completely honest. So it doesn't change my perception at all. Again, I'm I'm still feeling optimistic after that performance. It's just the result hurt, so
1: Well, I think it's definitely going to be interesting for Arsenal with the Europa League. And then you go into a run of pretty tricky fixtures against Mm. what seems to be a bit of an in-form Everton, away at Brentford, the North London derby. You then play Arsenal. You're away at Ellen Road. And then you play Manchester City. So... That is a that is a proper. fiction. How you Arsenal,
0: Arsenal game? That's going to be a good one. Who did I say? You Arsenal. didn't say Arsenal. I think that's oh. going to be a fantastic <laughs> game. That you know, when you be, play the PlayStation could... against the same team, you don't make sure one's very the white colours. <laughs>
1: uh, I did see, did you, uh, before we move, did you see the the meme of, uh, was that you that sent it? that Arteta had the Arsenal players playing with sprinklers? Getting nah, ready, for the... Was was <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for the Manchester in, weather. It's no raining in Manchester, <laughs>
2: so we're going to try another sprinklers. <laughs> oh, man, the internet's undefeated.
1: Uh, oh, I'll <laughs> tell you what, it saw does throw up the interesting statistics. But we're going to shift, of course, to the fans' favorite, the trivia segment, and we hand it over to the trivia master, Rudd, to see what he has installed this
0: week. I actually got two sets of questions, but I'll, I'll just stick with one because um, I was prepared for the show last week. Um, but I, I think um, <laughs> we'll be done back. Maybe it's a two.
1: double whammy this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think some. I'll, I'll stick with just this week's one. I think we've okay. got some good questions lined up. All right. Um, which player had their 23rd assist this weekend, the most in the league since his debut? So the most in the league by any player. Since this player's come into the league,
2: Chris yeah. James.
0: No, nope. not Kolesarski, not Reese James.
1: most by any player since he's come into the league.
0: So since this player's come into the league, no yeah. players had more assists than him. Fernandez. It is Bruno Fernandez. Oh, yeah, that yeah.
1: that's a good one. That was his outside um, of the foot pass to Rashford. <laughs> He's good with those assists. He is actually the prick.
0: Which player became the seventeenth player to score and assist off the bench for their club?
1: Uh, Alvarez. I don't
0: think he came off the bench to he score. Didn't come off the bench? Oh it's that beginning
1: r- of the midweek game, I think.
0: S- score and assist on the weekend. Off the bench. He is from a top-six team. <laughs>
1: it's cricket, over no. yeah. uh, What? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add more. No, it can't be second. So habits. Easy. Habits.
0: Habits is a good guess. is not Habits. So you got the right team.
1: I don't even know who scored there. I don't I know know James. scored either. Oh, Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. Just bench ah, yeah. ben How he the he hell did he, scored scored. he score that goal? By the way, it was. Uh, was he, he try, angle?
0: Was he trying to score it? I, I think he think just he threw was. his
1: foot at it, man.
0: I think. I think he. I think he was trying. I think, but I don't think it was one way. He expected to score. I think. No he was way,
1: trying. yeah. I was
0: like, I, I've, I've, got that go try, I've got to put my foot. In, I've got to try to score. Yeah, as a keeper, in a an angle because I've got no other option. And somehow just went in. I mean, I he, literally,
2: he literally, if he hits it anywhere else, it wasn't going in. <laughs> it was one of those.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> um, which game, so which fixture on the weekend, had the most shots?
1: Brentford Leeds. No. Nope. Leicester. No. Nope. Probably Manchester and Arsenal. No.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> there was some Bournemouth, trick question. Bournemouth Forest. Nope.
1: What? The most shots. Probably some game that ended 0 0. It's definitely not Liverpool and Everton. Newcastle Palace? Is that your guess, Connell? Liverpool, Everton.
0: It is For Liverpool. And be, oh my God. What? You know what?
1: There actually were a lot of chances in a game, to <laughs> be <laughs>
0: for both teams I think there yeah, were a no lot of no for both teams, teams. I, you know who yeah. should
1: have scored I, I think was the best chance was bloody Neil Mope oh my word oh my what was yeah. he doing like it was a great I save by Allison, but... him
0: on his debut I think even the commentator expected him to score and it's like oh I would so given hard. up I
1: given up at that stage I'm like this is a call yeah. but now what I about
2: Bamford's one? miss I didn't
1: Which see one? that Yieldy one Bamford's miss Mm-mm. no I didn't see
2: Bamford's miss no,
0: no. I don't know how <laughs> he missed
2: it watch that one when you'll get a chance Oh.
0: Which team has lost more games against this weekend's opponent than any other opponent in the league? Arsenal. Arsenal against United. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, isn't it vice versa as well? Just quietly. Mm. Pretty sure I read a stat to say that. Uh, I need to check. I think, I think the other way around
0: United. is Liverpool. Um, yeah. Need Liverpool. To check
2: that. I think it's Arsenal, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which team came from behind to win a premier league game for the first time Bournemouth. after conceding in the first after conceding the second half since 2009
2: okay not Bournemouth they conceded in the first half um i can't even say that again who
0: so which team came from behind for the first time in in the Premier League? Yeah. Um, since two thousand and nine, after conceding in the second half. So they so didn't necessarily
1: they didn't necessarily win. They just came back.
0: No, they came from
1: behind. To Chelsea, win. oh, to win.
0: It is Chelsea. I was
1: going I should have just said bloody Chelsea instead of asking a million questions. <laughs> 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 <coughs>
0: um. Which fixture has had more goalless draws than any other?
1: Everton and <laughs> in- Liverpool.
0: That is Everton and Liverpool. That has drawn. Read it all over. It. Oh my <laughs> lord!
1: The amount of draws that have been in that game.
0: Which top six team currently has the highest point tally of the six in their history?
1: Uh, Brighton. Brighton. No. Top six team. Oh, top one si- of the top. Six. Oh, one of the top six teams. Spurs.
0: Yeah. Red Spurs. The Spurs
1: yeah. they've
0: never had this many points after six game.
1: Skating their
2: way through, but but, yeah. uh, but, but Wade will tell you that crap. Yeah, skating <laughs> their way through, but I, hey, you know, good on them. What's
1: the score update there, Rudd?
0: All right, so the the score
1: update.
2: It's untenable at this stage, surely isn't it?
1: It's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it's four to three. Is
0: it four three?
1: No, it's four three to, no yeah. four, Jeez, three to one. Okay. four three. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Three questions to go. Which team has been shown the most yellow cards this season? Mm, Leeds. Not Leeds.
1: Chelsea.
0: Not Chelsea.
1: Okay. We're talking uh, general bottom off team, mid table team.
0: Um. Traditional top six sixty, Jeez. top six, yeah, Spurs, not Spurs, oh, United. So. It is United. Oh man, <laughs> oh, <then> someone <laughs> had to get it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I need these
1: um, next two or it's over. You have to,
0: Shit. you have to get the next two to equalise. Which player has created the most chances in the league
2: this season? This season. Oh, to God.
1: De Bruyne? No. Not Erdogan? And? No, it wouldn't be him. No.
0: no. De Bruyne is second, actually. Second.
1: Uh, created the most chances.
2: Um, oh, man. Who's created
1: the most chances this year? Stunt. I'm completely stumped, yeah. Um, I think of like now, wouldn't we? He scores a few. Not got. Martinelli. Not Martin Martinelli.
2: Martinelli.
0: Not an no? Arsenal player.
2: Not an Arsenal player,
1: okay. Uh, mm. uh Bernardo Silva.
0: Not a man city player. Oh wow.
1: Bruno Fernandez.
0: Not a Man United player. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez, It is not a Spurs player. Uh. <laughs> Trussad. It's a top six. It's a top six player. It's not Trussad.
1: Uh, what? Reese James.
0: It is not a Chelsea player.
1: What? So who's left? How can it be? It's a Liverpool player. Oh my lord! Salah. Bobby Firmino.
0: No, it's not Firmino. <laughs> it is Mo Salah. Come is on, still guys. Created the- Actually, I wow. just thought,
1: what, I'm such an idiot. I literally saw a stat the other day that said he's created the most chances. Jeez.
0: <laughs> that was the question. I know. Who's created the most chances? <laughs> but I, I got in my um, head. I got in my so- head. And the first thing in he's my head was,
1: we haven't, we haven't done anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: basically, I think obviously he's, he's occupying maybe a little bit of, of a wider position. And he hasn't taken as many shots as he normally takes at this point. So, normally, he tops the charts for the most shots taken. Um, yeah. But what's obviously encouraging is he's still creating a lot of chances. So, he's, he tops uh-huh. the charts. for well, My, the my brother and I were having
1: this debate about the tactical change at Liverpool. And one of the things that we can't quite figure out is you got what clops with the system. And I can clearly see we're doing something different. But we've got two left-sided players playing mm. on the right side of our midfield. So, you've got Harvey yeah. Elliott and... Um, Salah so it's it's it seems to be creating this dynamic where Salah is further wide and he's he's creating more than he's what he should be doing which is getting in front of goal and scoring
0: so I am a little bit worried about my fantasy team because uh, the longer Salah stays out wide the bigger the chance I'm going to sell him um, so I, I need him closer to the goals to be scoring. I mean I don't well I traded you me. don't
1: forget in the draft fantasy for, for yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> that, that, that was money in the bank, that one, that was a good play. <laughs> Especially, it sort of continues as a, as a now traditional winger. Larry He's almost becoming a, a
1: winger. It's a strange, yeah. It is a, anyway, that'll be a debate for another, but there's a lot to talk about in that one. Yeah. Okay, so 5-4. 5-4,
0: well, Carl got to get this one to, to, to at least go to a tiebreaker. Which team conceded their first goal this season that was scored by an opponent?
1: Bournemouth first,
0: what? So they've conceded their first goal this weekend Um, f- from a,
1: from man- a goal Manchester City. A... No.
0: What? What's the team. question? Which Brighton. team conceded their first? Uh, it is Brighton. Thank you. So, yeah, so baby. So they've conceded in the first game against United, they scored an on goal. Um, oh, no one okay. no scored against them wow. again. So, wow. Well, that's a, so that's they are
1: impressive, in, man. Very good, first man. first
0: opponent to score against him was Leicester. Um, yeah. And they end up coming back and they scored six, um, but only five counted.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a tiebreaker, so, Wado. Yeah. We do yes, have we a tiebreaker. You're going to have to go to one of those ten questions you had from last week, wait, uh, Raj.
0: Yeah, now I've got a few, so uh, let me just…
1: No Liverpool or Arsenal-related ones. How's that? Yeah. Agree. Okay. Make it a real dude. In
0: the. the, All right. Which player has 84% of his goals from shots that are outside of the box?
1: De Bruyne. No.
0: He is not from a traditional top six team. Coutinho. So. No, is a good guess. Oh, that's a but good Narkotini. guess. No. It but when, is a good guess. It's not Bowen. Nah,
1: I would say he'd be in the box. So
2: who so do you see a, as... You
0: know, whenever, who do you say?
2: Ward Prowse. Not
0: Ward Prowse.
1: That's a good but guess. I just
0: think one, one of these guys where whenever you see them scoring is from outside the box.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to picture that exact thing. And not from a top six team. Never is. It is Reuben Neves. Uh, you that's actually it? a good guess. Well,
0: in,
1: yeah, he does uh, score a well, lot of goals from outside the box, man.
0: He does yeah. too. Well well done, Wade. You've taken well it. You take well it this done. week.
2: He actually um, scored a cracker um, in against Newcastle, and and that's a maximum goal. Those were two crackers in that game. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I mean, that's yeah, where was. that
0: question came from. Um, so, I mean, Wade is taking a pretty decent league. Three, 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 three wins to one, so Currently you got some work to do. Yeah. Well, I, no, I
2: told you guys, I'm moving like Arsenal this year. Arsenal much energy. Much like boy, Arsenal.
1: Yeah. He's, he's rolling yeah. out the gates.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice one. Nice one, gents. I guess, um, yeah, we've got plenty of fixtures to look forward to. With uh, we got Champions League back for some. We've <laughs> obviously got uh, Europa League back for others. Um, the Conference League, I think that kicks off as well this week. So, obviously, the three major European... Competitions all in action this week with the, just all of our teams being in action, and pretty much being in action all the way till the uh, till the till the World Cup break, um, which uh, of course is going to mean two games a week. Squads are going to be tested and no doubt uh, challenges. But if we go to the weekend's game, we've got Liverpool playing uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers at Anfield. We've got probably the match of the round, which is Antonio Conte and uh, Pep Guardiola at uh, the yard Arsenal taking on what seems to be an in-form Everton. And a tricky fixture for United as they go to Aaron Wan-Bissaka's former home ground in Crystal Palace. So, interesting few fixtures there, boys.
2: Yeah, um, yeah we were well looking, for a, looking for a bounce back from us. It's going to be interesting to see if we can react. Um, Everton played really well. We've been questioning whether it was just a derby or not. I guess we'll see in
1: that game. We'll find out. Uh,
2: Mm. But a big test for United going to Salah's Park. They they tend to step up when they play the big six. And they're not exactly going to come out and be on the front foot, you know. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that challenge. And then, yeah, City and Tottenham as well, you know. Total football versus anti-football. So let's see how that goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, I think with the United, I mean, United do have a, a way of play but under um, Eric Ten Hag, which you're starting to see a lot of. I mean, that first goal um, that United scored against Arsenal was not a counter goal. I mean, that was a goal where started up on the left, moved to the right, went all the way back to the goalkeeper, went straight back up. Every single player in the team had a touch of the ball before they scored that goal. So there, there are, you know, a lot of sort of patterns of play that are emerging. So I think, um, you know, it will be a, a good test. Um, they did comfortably beat us last year um, and Eric Ten Hag was, was, was watching um, at Sellers Park. So I think uh, they'll be looking for more of the same. Um and they they even as like comfortably, they dominated us in that game. You know, yeah. they they were the better team by far on that on that day. So they did the same um, to us. They gave yeah. us three and it yeah.
2: should have been more. So
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I think we are under no illusion that's gonna be a, a an easy game. I think that could you know, that could definitely be um an a hiccup um that sort of slightly derails the progress that's been made, but you know, tough week, two games. Arsenal in the same thing, two games. Let's see how we how both teams react in terms of you know keeping everybody fit. I think us, Arsenal probably a little the bigger concern with the fitness because um, you've had a few players that have been popping up with injuries. I think United have got a pretty good record at the moment. There's no 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 real injury concerns outside of Anthony Martial, um, and that was done pretty much in preseason. So um, let's see how we all cope with these two games. Like you were saying, Conor.
1: Certainly interesting indeed, and no doubt we'll have plenty to talk about next week. But we have come to an end of yet another episode of What the Football Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm your host, Conway T, and I'd like to thank my co-hosts Rudds and Wado as we give you the power of listening to everything English Premier League. Until next week, enjoy the football, and we will see you all again next week.